Welcome to Grass Talk Radio. This show is for people who play bluegrass music and anybody who might want to. Howdy, howdy, bluegrass friends, and welcome back to the old Grass Talk Radio podcast. I am up this morning. It is about 6.30 in the morning. I decided to get out here early because it's nice and cool and recording inside the house with, you know, my wife working from home and my son jamming away on his EDM tracks and composing. And it's just almost impossible to find any quiet space. Now you'd think, surely you've got some space. You've got the little 10 acre farmette there. You could find some space, but it's, uh, there's been a whole lot of other things going on around here. <clears throat> such as the usual repairing of the lawnmower. I got up the other day, all right, I'm going to get out there and mow. And I walk up to the mower and it has three flat tires. Come on, mower, you could have done it. You could have made four. No, just three. So I was off to um, buy inner tubes. And I'm not going to tell you the inner tube story, but I'll just say this for there's one guy in particular who listens who will get this. Um, the first inner tube went in beautifully. The second inner tube went in beautifully. The third inner tube went in beautifully right until the point at which I applied the air compressor to it to inflate it inside the tire and um, the valve stem popped inside the rim which is a very frustrating thing because now you can neither add air or take air away it's just a nightmare I spent two hours I did solve that I had a uh, I, I'm not going to tell you that story. You didn't come here to listen to me talk about how I keep my old 1996 Murray uh, running, but I do keep it running, and there's more that needs doing to it. Had a lot of mowing to do. Um, stuff is just growing. Uh, did manage to get the pastures knocked back a little bit, which is, you know, it, it discourages the weeds if you can get to them before they flower. And it encourages the grass, which, you know, we need for the donkeys. So doing a lot of that. And frankly, I enjoy that. Here lately, I'm just going to talk about lately. And so if you're listening to this 10 years from now, you may not even know what I'm talking about. But here lately, I'd rather be out mowing uh, just it kind of is a Zen meditation sort of thing where you're just not thinking about too much except mowing. At least that's what happens to me when I mow. So been doing a lot of mowing. It's a, a form of uh, <laughs> avoidance of, shall we say, social and societal ills. Because if I sit around and start thinking about all that stuff, uh, trust me, I'm sure you don't want to hear what I have to say about some of these certain things. But I knew, you know, I've been kind of slack about the podcast and, you know, hoping that you are understanding because, you know, there's probably a lot of similarities in your lives as well. And uh, I got one of these favor emails. If you go back to, I keep saying bonus episode nine, I think it was called Do Me a Favor. 
And last episode, I read a whole bunch of emails and I, I still have a huge stack remaining. But in that, I suggested that perhaps you record your introduction to your fellow listeners here at Grass Talk Radio. And I got one. It's It's been sitting in my inbox and I just hadn't downloaded it. Um, and you may remember, those of you who have listened to the podcast throughout the, <laughs> the entirety of it, you may remember a guy named Benjamin Warner who wrote a little tune called Screw Bounce. And I put it on, I, I guess I put it on the show. I think I put part of it on the show and then put the rest of the tune over on the, um, over on the show notes page. But Ben Warner sent us that. Well, he decided to respond to the favor email thing, and he recorded. Obviously, he knows how to record. He recorded his mandolin playing. And uh, turns out he's, he, he's uh, more of a musician than he lets on, uh, I think, at least that I thought, the, you know, when he sent that to him. Because you run into this a lot where, you know, you run into a beginner mandolin player or an intermediate mandolin player, you know, I don't really like those terms, but I use them. And, you know, maybe at a jam and you see some guy there, you know, kind of struggling with the mandolin. I'm not talking about Ben here. Uh, we've never met or played together. Um, but, you know, you'll see somebody like that and maybe you don't know them. They're maybe have a master's degree in oboe performance or something. You just never know sometimes because, you know, people don't wear their resume. They don't have T-shirts printed with a large print version of their resume on there. So you can go, oh, you also play in the Atlanta Symphony. Oh. <laughs> you know, you have to get to know people to find this out. But anyway, when I, when I did get around to downloading and listening to Ben's audio file, I thought, all right, Ben says it better than me. It's like he's reading my mind. So let's just all enjoy meeting Benjamin Warner, who sent in that little tune, Screw Bounce. And if you remember the story about my daughter when she was very young, crawling around on the floor, I, t I told, I think I was talking about how language evolves and that she found a little pen spring, like a a spring out of a ballpoint pen, a retractable ballpoint pen. She found that little spring like down in the carpet or something and picked it up. And I saw that she had something, you know, she was in the crawling, <laughs> crawling, walking stages. I'm like, Amanda, what, what have you got there? I, you know, I was afraid she's going to eat, you know, something, a bug or something. And she, she's studying that thing and she looks at it and she says to me, it's a screw bounce. She put together the word screw with bounce. Apparently she'd been maybe bouncing it on the table or something. And so that inspired Ben to write that tune, Screw Bounce, which that's probably been 60, 70 episodes ago. Anyway, Ben has sent his favor email as an audio recording, which I really love because it's, I think it's better to hear it in your own voice. You hear mine all the time. It's good to hear your voice. So I'm going to continue reading some of these in the next, um, continue, you know, 
in the episodes to come, but I really like and I kind of push to the front of the pile anybody who takes the time to record audio. So let's just listen to Benjamin Warner's favor email that he recorded. Take it away, Ben. Hi there, Brad. My name is Ben Warner. I'm a musician out of North Carolina. I love your podcast. I've enjoyed listening to every episode so far, and uh, I appreciate your instructional materials as well. Uh, My primary instrument is guitar, and I'm a guitar teacher as well. I lived in Kansas City for a while before moving to North Carolina, and there's a great acoustic jam scene there, a bunch of uh, living room jams uh, communicated by email. And there, the bluegrass and the old-time thing wasn't as separate in Kansas as it is here. I didn't quite understand the difference till I got here, and it was fun <laughs> and a bit comical learning that the hard way as I visited various old-time and bluegrass jams in the area and have uh, been learning the protocol at each group. I can appreciate the philosophy and and features of both, and I don't know exactly where I sit. Like yourself, I am longing to be out jamming with friends and strangers once again. Uh, jams have always been my favorite part of being a musician. I love the spontaneity and the challenge and the camaraderie, and it's just a blast. I I have hope for when it will return, but in the meantime, I've just been, you know, woodshedding, doing my homework, and then homework, and then homework, and hopefully we'll get to do some field work here again soon. As a guitar teacher, I have moved my lessons all to Zoom, uh, which has helped me organize instructional material, because you can't quite wing it and jam in the lesson uh, online like you might be able to get away with in person. And it's helping me get my uh, own method book going. I hope, like yourself, to finish a method book one of these days, though it seems like it will be a long, winding road. I understand your struggle to crank out the podcast around these times. When we first got locked down, I was thinking, oh, I'm going to record an album, I'm going to put out so much music, I'm going to write songs, (laughs) and, you know, it's been about, uh, practicing has been about all I can do. Uh, I have not had this massive creative output that I imagined, and, uh, so I, I understand, and uh, at least for me, you take your time with the podcast, you know. We, it's a long life. we got plenty of time to, to listen to your podcast as they come out, and uh, I certainly don't want you to feel any rush to crank out content because we're bored out here. I wish you well. I appreciate everything you're doing, and uh, partly inspired by you as well. I have uh, been growing a little garden here at home. we got strawberries and tomatoes. At least the plants. We'll see if the tomatoes happen. Jalapenos, and uh, you know, I don't. I don't know what this other one is. It's it's green and leafy though. We'll we'll see. Have a great day. Stay safe, and I hope very much to to get to jam with you sometime down in Georgia. I'm not too far from you there. I I think I'm about five hours away. So. Thanks a lot, Ben. You said some things there that I can. You made a couple little comments there where you were using terminology that I recognized that were similar to what I had used in some past podcasts, so I can tell you're you're truly out there listening. And uh, I appreciate the encouragement. I really do. And the understanding. 
I think uh, clearly Ben understands my position here. Now, on that note, I thought I'll talk a little bit about what I've been doing or what you could do when you can't do the other things. You know, for example, you are a bluegrass musician and you were falsely accused of a crime and locked up in San Quentin or someplace for a 10-year sentence and the warden is not a bluegrass guy and he will not allow you to take your banjo with you. So you're sitting in a cell, isolated, a prisoner, falsely accused, of course, and you can't pick. So what do you do? What do you do? Now, the things I'm going to, that I scratched out on this list would not necessarily apply to that prisoner because the warden and the guards might not allow him to do these things. Um, For example, he probably wouldn't have access to a turntable to listen to old records, old bluegrass records. I guess what I'm saying here is we've all been a bit of a prisoner lately and imprisoned not so much by a disease. Uh, I'm not not speaking of a disease here uh, because... Uh, you know, some virus or bacteria or something like that does not have the capability to lock you in your home. That comes from um, authority figures and and also from fear and internal fear and also from the desire to do the right thing and, you know, be supportive of your community. And, everybody, you know, people have different motivations for locking themselves up, but, uh, but, um, I've never seen a virus actually, you know, lock anybody up. <laughs> they, they don't. You lock yourself up. And so I was thinking about, well, I'll talk about some of the things that I've done to try to keep my bluegrass sanity, which I know there's, that's possibly an oxymoron, certainly from, in my case, I would just scratch out a little list of some things that I've been doing and intending to do, a little of both. Um, Mostly this is stuff that I've actually been doing to uh, try to keep on enjoying bluegrass um, all by my little old lonesome here. Now, I will preface this by saying I have plenty of other things to keep me busy. Uh, Been doing a lot of cooking. Uh, The garden is producing... Quite well, I'm not going to give you a long garden spiel, um, other than to say we're already harvesting lettuce, zucchini, squash. Getting a lot of crookneck squash already. Um, My tomato plants are over five feet tall now, and uh, I'm not bragging. I don't know what's making them grow like that. I, I just don't. The watermelon patch... Uh, you know, when you see that little seed come up and it's just got the two little leaves and it doesn't look so good and you're like, and they tell you to plant these things 10 feet apart. Well, take their advice. They spread out, they grow like kudzu. Um, and they're, the watermelon patch is just a mass of, uh, it's, it's, it's insane what it looks like now. 
And it only takes a few weeks to get to that point. So we're, we're a long way from harvesting um, watermelons, but stuff's growing. And I've yet to um, pick a tomato. <laughs> There's a zillion of them on the vines, but uh, nothing ripe yet. Uh, so just zucchini, squash, radishes, been eating a lot of radishes, which I hear radishes are very good for digestion. Now let's turn to my list. Oh, before I do this, once again, I'll interrupt myself. I want to mention that I have a new old product. I, I've never told the whole story of how I came to um, be the star and creator of that huge series of mandolin video lessons and also banjo stuff too, uh, with, with the company Watch and Learn and how all that came to be. I did talk about the masterclass story and how that, one of these days I'm going to do a little podcast and just tell you the backstory of what possessed a guy to, you know, sit down and create 80, 85, instructional bluegrass instructional products the large majority of which are videos so i'm not going to tell that story but i was um i i talked to those guys i'm not actively working with them at present because i moved away and they're up in atlanta but i talked to them from time to time about little ideas and you know we stay in connection uh, because i'm still selling those videos on my own site over on bradleylaird.com. Darlene will be happy that I got the little plug in. Um, but it, it dawned on me the other day that I had a product for mandolin that I don't offer for sale. They sell it. And I thought I'd just tell you a little bit about that and that I've worked out a little deal with them where I can now sell this little little product, and some of you mandolin players might be interested in it. Okay, when I went to work creating the video lessons, complete beginner series of videos for Watch and Learn, they already had a beginning mandolin book, and I think they had a DVD with it, or perhaps an audio track. I don't remember. That was uh, written by Bert Casey. You may have seen it. It was called Mandolin Primer. And so they already had that book. But they wanted me to do the online videos. So I was at, in the early stages, I didn't want to redo what Bert had already done. So I sort of skipped ahead and didn't, you know, I didn't go to square one because they had this book and I thought, well, you know, I'll just mention Bert's book and I'll just skip that, you know, primer stuff and get on with the, you know, the other stuff. Well, as the years went by, I actually, at their encouragement, went back and redid the beginner stuff too. Not, not his method, but my own method. So it is now a complete system of videos for learning. But that book existed. He had that beginner mandolin book, and some of you may have that book or have used it. It's called Mandolin Primer. But they didn't have a follow-up book to it because, you know, a book like that only gets you so far. It only gets you eight, 
10 tunes, you know, how to read tab, how to tune, and your basic, you know, you learn some very basic songs. That's the nature of all instructional material. Now, with their other instruments, they also did, you know, banjo and guitar and electric bass and keyboards and harmonica and drums and all sorts of things. They would have that first book and then they would put out a follow-up book. But they never did that for, for mandolin. So they had just the beginner book and that was it. And they didn't have any kind of follow-up book. So in their banjo, they had the banjo primer, and then they had banjo songs. And the idea of the follow-up book is, now that you know how to do hammer-ons and slides and rolls, and you've got the basics down, and you've learned eight or ten tunes, well, now you want more songs to play, and so let's, let's give you a book with a bunch of new material to use the techniques that you've already learned. So essentially, they came to me and said, Hey, Brad, uh, could you write a follow-up second book to follow up on the heels of Mandolin Primer, which, by the way, it would follow up just as nicely on the heels of any beginning mandolin course. You know, it's, it's like those beginning books, it, it, they're about like taking three months or six months of lessons from a teacher, you know, you only get so far, you learn very important things in those beginning stages, but you don't have a lot of material to play. So they're like, well, could you, you know, produce us a book? So I did. I wrote them a book and they titled it. I didn't come up with this title, Mandolin Song Book. It's just so generic. It's, it's like it was produced by the army or something, you know, meal ready to eat. At least they didn't do it songbook, comma, mandolin, you know, but it's called mandolin songbook. And the reason it was called that is because they already had banjo songs and they already had the guitar songbook and other stuff. So it was kind of following in their pattern. But I wrote the book and it is, it was, and I guess it still is a print volume, a book, you know, your typical music instruction book where you you know got the full color cover and the all the other products on the back and you know stapled together in the middle and comes with the CD and all that that's the physical book well over time they converted to digital downloads as i have done as well and you could get it both ways you could get it as a you know a pdf ebook like all the books that i sell and the audio tracks would come as a folder full of MP3 tracks. But I wrote the book and it, it contains 32 mandolin breaks, or you could call them solos, to 27 songs. And the reason those numbers don't match is because, like I always do, sometimes I like to show you kind of a, an unembellished version and then an embellished version, or an easy version, or a little more challenging version of the same song. And also, I like to teach you how to play something in more than one key. If, if you pick up a, a book called The Mandolin Songbook, and it has sitting on top of the world in the key of A, 
well, what are you going to do when you go to the jam session and they want to play it in G or B or C or, you know. So I also included multiple versions of some of the songs that, that have lyrics, you know, true songs, in more than one key to try. What I was trying to do was take that beginner who learned how to read tab and has got their little shuffle lick down and learning some double stops and they got 10 basic songs to try to give them some more songs and also start leading them into the ability to improvise and to move around to lots of different keys. So, man, I didn't think I was going to talk this long about this thing. But I wrote the book. That's why there are 32 breaks to only 27 songs. And they are, it's a mix of things. It's, um, it's not just bluegrass tunes. Mostly it's bluegrass. I, I will give you that. But it's bluegrass, old time, Celtic, and classic American favorites. Because I found some of my students would come to lessons and I would be teaching them, you know, the bluegrass stuff, like, because I assumed if they came to me, they must want to play bluegrass. And uh, I had s- several students over the years, one in particular, and if you're out there, Ephahania, I, uh, I would love to know what you're up to these days. I had a lady named Ephahania, who was my mandolin student. And, you know, I'm teaching her things like uh, Jenny Lynn and, you know, some Bill Monroe tunes and, you know, all the basic Salt Creek and all that kind of stuff. And after some, some, a year or more of lessons, I realized that she really didn't, was not all that interested in bluegrass. She didn't really want to go to festivals and it just, she just liked playing songs. So I started writing out little, I was teaching her how to read standard notation and I remember us doing things like Home on the Range and, you know, little little tunes like that. What shall we do with the drunken sailor? And she just loved playing those melodies that she was familiar with. So there's some of that kind of stuff in here, too. Anyway, I've made an arrangement with Watch and Learn so that I can also sell the book that I wrote over on my own site. So... At this point, it is up in my PayHip store as a downloadable ebook. The thing is 53 pages, I believe, and it contains these 32 mandolin solos, along with my little commentary, you know, I've, and some photos. There's some really cool photographs in there. Um, you know, I, I'm, I'm one of these that, I don't like blank space in a book. And I'm like, well, you know, that tune only takes up half the page. I'll put a picture of Jackson when he was one year old playing the mandolin on there. You know, that kind of thing. So there's, there's pictures and my little comments about each, each tune. And, you know, if it's something that might be of interest to you, I encourage you to go grab one. And you could think of it as a new product over on my store. So how do you find it? Well, you could go to my PayHip store, payhip.com slash Bradley Laird, and just dig through all the 80-something products and you'll find it. It's called Mandolin Songbook. That's the long way around. The easy way for you to find it would be to 
simply go to the show notes page for today's episode. Go to grasstalkradio.com, scroll all the way down to this episode, whatever number it is, it's in the 150s. Uh, it'll be the near the bottom, um, depending on, upon when you're listening to this. Find this episode on that page, click that page, that takes you to the show notes page, and right there, I'll put a picture of the book and a link to it. And when you go over to the store, if you're unsure about it, and you, you, you know, well, I'd like to know what's in it and that kind of thing, there is a, a preview file. Mo most all of my books are like that. They'll Once you get to the PayHip store, there's a little preview button up in the upper right of the image, and you can generally click that and get a uh, chopped down version of the book. I'll take a you know, a 50 page book and include 12 pages, you know, so that you can, you can see the cover, you can see the table of contents, you can read the introduction. And usually I'll include a smattering of tunes to give you an idea of how they're presented, you know, what they look like. And by the way, these all include tablature and standard notation and chord indications. So you got everything you need to learn it. Plus the usual markings of things such as slides, hammer-ons, pull-offs, triplets, you know, that kind of thing. So you can go over to Grass Talk Radio, go to the show notes page, click on the link for Mandolin Songbook, and download the preview and have a look at it. If it's something you'd like, then just step right up and buy now, as they say. And I hope you will enjoy that. Now I'm going to, I very rarely do this, I have the ability to create a discount coupon code in my store. So let me tell you what I'm going to do. I am going to create a discount coupon code for the Mandolin Songbook download with audio tracks. But it's going to be a little puzzle. And let me tell you about the cover. The cover of the book. I designed the cover. And of course I needed a picture of a mandolin or, you know, somebody playing a mandolin or something like that to put on the cover of the mandolin songbook. And I start digging through my archive of photographs, just pictures. You know, I'm just looking, looking through my iPhoto thing, you know, of hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of pictures. I'm trying to find a good picture, nice, sharp picture of someone playing a mandolin, you know. Well, I found one. And I just thought the way the guy is standing, everything about this picture would just be, this would be perfect to put on the cover. And so I made it up. I didn't know if Watch and Learn would actually use it, but I stuck it on there. So let me tell you about the photo. The photo is of a very well-known, famous mandolin player. And he's on the cover of my book. But you can't see his face. It's just his hands. He's holding a mandolin and he's playing it. And I took this photo when I met the guy. I had seen him perform many times over the, over the years. Um, but me and a group of people had a little meeting with him and talked and, you know, hung out a little bit. And uh, one of the guys had made a mandolin or was building mandolins. Um, 
and brought along one or two of these mandolins, and this performer was trying it out, and I just took some pictures of him trying out this mandolin. So here's the puzzle, and I, I, I don't want to tell you who is on who this actually is on the cover. You got to figure it out for yourself. So you can go download that preview and look at the cover. Look at the cover and take a good look at the person on the cover. And it's you're only seeing the mandolin and his hands. That's all. And the reason I did not show his face is because this book is not a book about how to play in his style. And I didn't want to mislead people into thinking, oh, well, hey, you know, this is, I can learn to play so-and-so style. Plus, I would have to, you know, get permission and all this kind of stuff to show somebody's face on the cover of a book, you know. It just wouldn't have been right. But it was the perfect picture of, you know, a pair of hands playing a mandolin. So, this guy is on the cover, and here's the puzzle. If you can name the person who's on the cover, I'll give you a discount. So what I'm going to do is create a discount coupon code that will be, the code will be this player's first name. That's it. So when you look at it and you think about it and you figure out who that is holding that mandolin on the cover, you can type in that person's first name, and if you got it correct, you'll get 25% off. And I better write that down because uh, I have to set that up after. Let me write that down. 25% off. Okay. So you get the 25% discount because you know who that is on the cover. Anyway, so that takes care of that. You know how to find it. Go to Grass Talk Radio. Go to this episode show notes, and there will be a link to this. And if you want the book, the downloadable book with the audio tracks, and you can solve the little puzzle, you'll get it for 25% off. Man, what could be better? Now, on to the main subject for today. Things to do when... You can't go out, you know, I always say you can't do bluegrass sitting on your couch. I've done episodes, go to a festival. I did an episode called Just Go. I've spent a lot of time talking about jamming festivals and get out there, go do it, go do it. That's been my thing because it's so helpful and it's so much fun. But I haven't been able to do that and nor have you. So what could you do? So I just thought I'd tell you some of the things I've been doing. Uh, first thing I did was um, I've been gluing up my old 49K base. It always needs, um, you know, some attention to glue joints and uh, lamination separations around the edges because your base does get beat up. There is that rule that every third door you walk through, you do bash the base into the side of the door. That is a rule. It's a... It's a, it's a law of nature that you will, you will bash your base around whether you um, intend to or not, even in the bag. But anyway, it's a good time to uh, 
if if you don't play the bass, um, you know, scope out your instruments and look them over really carefully. Perhaps now would be a good time to do some maintenance on the physical instrument because you don't really need it for playing right now. So, you know, perhaps you want to do a refret or you want to re-glue that piece of missing binding or, you know, anyway, all I did was my annual drag the bass out and hunt for little cracks and glue them up and clamp them and, you know, give you something to do. All right. Second thing, uh, sort, clean, test, and repair cables. And this is more for you PA guys and gals. If you got, if you operate a PA, you know what it's like. You always have to have twice as many cables as you need because they fail. They fail and fail and fail. And usually it's just simple little resoldering that, uh, so drag out all your cables, test every one of them, put them through the paces, wiggle them, jiggle them, see if they pop and crack or don't work or, or whatever. And then you could do what I did, get out a <clears throat> number two wash tub and some soapy water, you know, a little dish detergent and, uh, clean them. I don't mean throw the cable into the tub, keep the ends out of the tub, but the, you know, the rubber or vinyl, whatever material it is, outer um, insulator on the cord, they get filthy because they're thrown around on the ground a lot, walked on, stepped on, uh, put up wet and dragged through dusty, you know, you know what I'm saying. They get ugly. And so you just get you a sponge and a bucket of soapy water and wash your cords. Just don't put the connectors in because you don't want to get water inside that thing. Clean them and then rinse them real good and then coil them up and hang them up to dry. And they, they look like brand new cords. Get all the funk, spilled beer, dirt, um, whatever collects on your cords. It's a great time to clean your cords. And so I've been doing that <clears throat> and, uh, creating, you know, test piles like, okay, these are bad. These are questionable and these are good. So put the good ones back in the, in the trailer or in the cart or whatever. And these I'm, I have over here held, got to, you know, open up the connectors and take a good look at them and uh, perhaps do some resoldering. Anyway, not going to tell you how to do that, but it's a, you can while away many hours with, you know, 40, um, XLR microphone cables and don't forget your speaker cables and you know while you're at it just dig through the whole PA I've set up the PA um, about I guess when when all this stuff first started I set up the PA and uh, just ran it all day long just playing tracks through it and uh, Darlene and Jackson were singing karaoke over the PA out here in the barnyard we had a, we had a big time um, just, you know, blowing the dust out and making sure stuff works. Third idea, and this is something I recently did with some of my instruments. Just open the case and look at all the crud in there, all the junk that you've collected. Um, basically clean your cases, take your instrument out, get your vacuum cleaner and sweep all the little dust bunnies and crud and and take a look at those artifacts that are in there. Like, do you really need to carry around this flyer from 
a festival you thought you might go to five years ago, and it's folded up, and it's got some guy's phone number written on the back of it. You don't even know who it is. Do a little archaeological dig inside your cases, clean them out, air them out. I think it's a good idea to put them out in the sunshine, um, open periodically, kind of I don't know, let them air out, get the mold and mildew and stuff, get the spiders out. And then restock, you know, take a look at your strings. What, you know, do you have a couple of complete sets of strings? Are the picks that are in there all worn out and shot? Have you borrowed like a tool, uh, like a little wire cutters and, oh, now it's in your banjo case. You know, just kind of get things ready because the bluegrass thing is coming back and you need to be ready. So that's third thing, clean out your case and restock strings, rosin, tools, etc. The fourth one, this is something I've been doing <clears throat> kind of on a, not really randomly, I've actually been going down my phone list calling my friends, just all my bluegrass buddies all around. I'll just, uh, once I've, you know, watered the garden and fed the dog and, you know, and now I've got a couple hours to do some stuff, I just pick up the phone and I start calling. I'll call three or four of the guys and just see what they've been doing. Stay in touch. Call your friends. You know that uh, some of these people I hadn't talked to in a while. And uh, they hadn't called me and I hadn't called them. And then I, I call the guy or, you know, I'm just using a person as a mental example here. Call the guy and we talk for an hour and a half. You know, maybe we should have been talking a little more and it make you feel better. Make you feel a whole lot better. You know, just call some people. And if you don't know anybody um, in the bluegrass world, call some other people that you do know. Just, you know. Listen to them. Let them tell their story and how they're feeling and things like that. See if you can maybe plot a secret jam session or something. Okay. Uh, fifth thing, you can jam all by your little old lonesome um, using jam tracks or playing along with records. And that is something I have been doing to try to keep my chops up, particularly on the bass. And I've been doing it some on dobro. Very little on mandolin, I have to confess. I have not. Maybe just a couple times pulled the mandolin out. <clears throat> I just don't enjoy playing the mandolin alone. I, you know, I'm not into that chord melody stuff or whatever. I like chopping, you know, and I like picking. And uh, I can't get much satisfaction out of doing that alone. But the bass, um, been playing a lot of bass. And I, one of my friends, I was selling tomato plants out down by the road. And let me tell you quickly about how that didn't work. I grew way too many, started way too many seeds. I had way too many tomato plants. I think I mentioned it in the last episode that I was, you know, I'm going to go down there on Saturday morning and set up a little table and pedal these uh, tomato plants because surely some people need some tomato plants. Some of these were 12 inches tall and already had blooms on them. And I just had way too many and we're giving them away to our friends. And I called my neighbor, Hey, do you want some tomato plants? Well, I gave up on gardening a few years ago. Okay. Call my next neighbor down. Hey, you want some tomato plants and some basil plants? Oh yeah. Yeah. I'll be right down. He comes down, 
you know, I load him up with a bunch of plants. Well, anyway, I sat down at the road and I started texting all my local picking buddies saying, Hey, I'm sitting down here. I got tomato plants. Come get them. And, uh, one person came, one person came to see me. And honestly, he didn't come to get any tomato plants. He's a, a banjo player that I know. And, uh, basically I think he just, you know, wanted somebody to talk to as did I, that's probably why I was sitting out at the road. Anyway, he came by uh, my little stand out there at the front pasture and we shot the breeze for about an hour. And, uh, before he left, I, you know, gave him a, a tray of, of tomato plants and that was fun. So what I'm saying is, um, uh, get in touch with your friends, talk to them. You know, that guy that ran the jam session that you went to all those times, call him up, call him up and say, you know, what's going on? What, you know, how you doing? Uh, what do you, when do you think, uh, we might be able to get this thing going again? You know, that kind of thing, get in touch with people, but you can jam alone. And that's what I've been doing on the bass. I've, uh, been playing the bass along with, oh, and this is why I want to tell you the guy that came over when I gave him the tomato plants, he's like, oh yeah, how much you want for them? I'm like, just take them. He's like, oh, well, here, let me give you something. He gets in his truck, and he pulls out a CD, and he hands me a CD, a bluegrass CD that I did not have, and it's called Thiele and Dave's. Thiele and Dave's. It's a mandolin and a guitar. I'm sure all of you are aware of who Thiele and Dave's are and what great musicians they are. And I'm thinking, wow, now this, this is cool. This would be something I could play the bass along with. You know, it's kind of out of that Skaggs and Rice model. Just a mandolin and a guitar and singing. You know, that's your most, your most basic bluegrass setup in the world. So I put the thing on. And I'm thinking, well, this would be a good challenge because I know they're going to play real fast. Put the thing on. I start playing through the tunes. And I know a lot of the tunes because it's very traditional-oriented little CD. Uh, I got only one or one observation. Uh, when they play, <clears throat> what was the tune? I'm trying to remember. Billy in the Low Ground. They play a ripping version of Billy in the Low Ground, but I'm going to tell you right now, if you know Billy in the Low Ground and you try to play with that, it ain't the same. They, they add a couple of extra beats at the end of each trip through the A part and the B part. Kind of like this little tag thing. And it's a thing I call jam busting. When you, when you deliberately modify a tune to make it where nobody else can play it with you, or, you know, I don't know. I, I feel like these, these players of this level have this burning desire to uh, amuse themselves. So... You know, change the chords, change, uh, put an extra beat in, uh, you know. So when you do that, especially with a, an old standard that so many of us have played thousands of times, like Billy in the Low Ground. Okay, it's Billy in the Low Ground, and it starts, and I'm playing the bass. Doom, doom, doom. I, I got it. I know this tune. This is going to be fun. I'm playing with two of the greatest musicians in the world. I'm fantasizing, you know. Isn't this cool? 
and it sounds really good, and then they play it differently. I'm like, what if, what the, what the heck was that? So, <laughs> just be cautious that there's a little bit of that in there. Most of them are pretty straight ahead and fast. Some of them are real fast, not all of them. So anyway, been playing along with Thiele and Dave's. They came over to my place in the form of a CD. Uh, but I, I told Darlene, I said, you know, that's a lot of fun. I get out there, I spend a whole hour, play the entire CD, and then it's over. And there's no audience. Thiele and Dave's aren't actually there. Can't, you know, shoot the breeze with them or... And you just go back into this lonesome state again. It, but for a little while, it could ease a little bit of your loneliness by playing along with CDs. But I'm still left at the end feeling kind of worse than when I started, you know. Anyway, I've, I've been running through Skaggs and Rice, playing with Skaggs and Rice, and uh, got to retune just slightly for that one. Probably because when I converted it from the turntable into... MP3s, probably my turntable speed wasn't exactly right. I've also been playing along with tone poems. Those are three great records for bass players. Um, and you can, if you want to hear more about that, go back and listen or re-listen to my episode called How to Pick with Grisman, I think is the name of it. Okay, sixth thing you can do, and I've been doing this too, get your festival gear ready. Uh, we've been camping out in the backyard. <laughs> uh, if you recall me speaking about the lemonade camper where I converted a utility trailer into a, into a cool little, um, you might kind of like a poor man's teardrop camper, um, drug that thing out in the backyard, aired it out, cleaned it up, uh, rigged it up. Jackson and I have spent a couple nights out there, and he and a, uh, one of his friends has uh, spent a couple of nights out there. Of course, they're out there, you know, with their iPads on YouTube in the backyard. Um, anyway, grease the bearings, the wheel bearings, check the tires, um, check the lights, and I've got one thing left to do on it. Um, had a hailstorm bash out the little crank up 14 by 14 little like, you know, window on the top, little bubble type window that raises up and it's got a little screen in there. Vent, I guess you'd call it a, a skylight vent. You see them on campers all the time. Well, that thing got all bashed by some hail. And so I had to just rig something up and I've got a bunch of uh, feed sacks and trash bags uh, duct taped on there. I need to order me a new 14 by 14 uh, little pop-up vent thing and replace that. This will be the second one I've put on there. Uh, anyway, uh, number seven, uh, if you're a performer, <clears throat> perhaps do some self-promotion right now. Uh, call the clubs call the uh, festivals, call the places where you play gigs, touch base with them, let them know you're alive and, you know, feel them out. Because when the doors open, if you're the last person who called them, you may be the first one on the schedule. 
volunteer to play for the first gig when they reopen. You get what I'm saying? And they, there will be people who do not return to performing after this, not because they croaked, but because um, they became disillusioned or maybe they're fearful of, or they have legitimate health concerns. I mean, who, who knows? Uh, touch base with them. Try to get a hold of the people who run the clubs, who run the bars, who put on the festivals. They're feeling it too, you know. It's not just you. A whole lot of people have been affected negatively in this way. All right, number eight, I've talked about this before. Study. Learn. Learn something new. Focus on something. I think, uh, you know, some people mistake practicing for playing. I've talked about the difference between practicing and playing. Pick something. Pick something. And really, really learn to do that something. And, you know, when things get going again, maybe it's a tune. Uh, pick a tune that you can't play and change that. Make it a tune you can play. You got the time on your hands. You have no excuse. <laughs> okay. And then when things get rolling again, you're going to have a couple of good new tunes all polished up and ready to go. And you should be sounding great. All right. That, those are my ideas and some of those things I have been doing. That last one, I will admit, I have not been doing very much other than the playing along with CDs thing. I'm sure you all probably have even more creative ideas uh, than I presented there. Um, everybody keep your chin up. I appreciate you listening. I hope you mandolin players will go scope out the mandolin songbook and uh, pick that up. That'll help pay the bills around here. That If I sold a few of those, I could buy that new uh, uh, vent thing for the top of the lemonade camper. And then when I'm off at a festival, I think of you when I'm laying in in the sack at three in the morning, looking up at the stars through that plastic window, I'll think, hey, that guy bought that mandolin songbook and he bought that for me. I appreciate you. Anyway, y'all have a good time. I hope your gardens are growing well. Uh, mine's going nuts. Um, some of the things are even almost finished. The, the potatoes, you know, they go through five stages of growth. And the last stage is the yellowing and falling over and looking real, oh, I'm, not, I'm not doing so good. You know, they're on their last leg. They're, they're entering that stage now, and it happens after they bloom. And I, I see it. They're weakening, which just means they're making spuds. They're making spuds right now because they're pouring all their energy into the next generation. And me. Maybe that's what I'm doing here on this podcast. Pouring a lot of energy into making spuds in the bluegrass world for the next generation of bluegrass pickers. All right. I hope you all enjoyed this. And I'll see you in the next episode. Or rather, I'll talk to you in the next episode. Y'all take care. She don't want no hot lips playing around here. See, the hill don't care what mama don't allow. Don't set them strings on fire right now. Mama don't allow, don't jam it up around here. 
Club tomorrow.